You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Welcome back to another episode of History We Forgot with your one of your two co-hosts, Morrison and Christy Phillips. Miss Phillips is always back with another teaching gig. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Uh, today we got a special episode uh, to mark the occasion. We are doing a preamble to World War II. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of our last episodes, we did talk about the entrance of the United States into World War One. But with this, you know, coinciding with what you're teaching, uh, you've kind of nailed down uh, two big events that happened in the United States post World War One and before World War Two. Uh, and one of those is the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Can we uh, let's go into that a little quick, real quick? So uh, we ended World War One, and the kids were kind of interested because we did the trench warfare activity. Yeah, which went really well this time. Uh, I always meet them in the hall, mess them up, especially first block because I get kids that show up early in my first block, and they're like. Why can't we go in the room? I want to put my stuff down. I'm like, no, not today. And those guys of World War One didn't have no stuff. Uh, yeah, they didn't get to sit their stuff down. And uh, I was actually really interested because this fell on Halloween too. So I was actually in my Halloween costume. I was a pirate this year. So I had, uh, let me see, I had Tigger. I had a Winnie the Pooh. I had an inflatable dinosaur. Very easy to hit with a yellow paper ball. That poor that poor kid couldn't hide. Nowhere in the trench for that kid to hide. I had several costumes. And then I had a couple kids who actually paid attention to me when I said, you need to dress to move around. Um, and they came in and they participated and they had a good time. I had uh, some of my admin that showed up because I told them we were going to do this. So they showed up and... Uh, one of my assistant principals, when he came, he actually filmed it on his phone. He came to the battle, so he filmed the battle. So that was that was really cool. I can just imagine like a like Tigger and Winnie the Pooh just battling down the killing fields of the Robin Hood Hoods, Robin Hood Woods in <laughs> Psalm nineteen seventeen. <laughs> well, luckily they were both on the same side. Oh, that's not fair. No, Christopher Robin on the other one. Take this, you imaginary bastards. Well, they were both on the American side. Uh, well, it is Winnie the Pooh. They both wrote their letters home. They were both on the American side, so that was interesting. But uh, once they got all that finished... Dear Mary Beth, you up? <laughs> <laughs> all the way from the American side of things. Oh, you should have... I, 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 it might have took it a too far, but just do like a World War One dating profile. <laughs> that needs to be a segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to have the... Uh, uh, the tender bio of some warring guy just knee deep in the shit. <laughs> no, I mean like the uh, tweets from history. Well, that oh. needs to be a segment somewhere. Oh, tweets from history, yeah, would be fun. <laughs> Need to do that on uh, the Patreon or something. Man, these Germans are whack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, nuh-uh. <laughs> a lot of it would be those the two uh, two sentence horror stories, mm-hmm. but it'd just be about Canadians and how terrible they were during World War Two or World War One. Because, like, <laughs> the word war crime doesn't translate well into Canadian. Yeah, for real. It translates like, mm, my bad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
Well, yeah, so we're doing, like, you, uh, you went through that, and then you kind of get to that unique spot when teaching history, which I think a lot of people forget when they're in history class, especially when they're doing U.S. history of the 19, mm-hmm. you know, 1919 to 1935. Yeah. It's a little tight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got done with uh, the trench warfare, and then they're like, we had so much fun. That was so much fun. We want to do something else fun. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing anything fun. We're going to talk about- Racism. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Red Summer. Yeah. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, ugh. Racism. Well, I said, we're in uh, the moment between- the end of World War One and the Harlem Renaissance, so we're going to talk about the Red Summer. And I did that activity, and that was an entire day. Mm. And it was an activity. I put them in groups, and they talked about it. And it was a lot for some of them. Yeah, I had a couple kids who knew a lot about it, which was interesting. Okay, so they had a pre, pre-game going into it. Yep, but what was interesting is the kids who knew about it learned some stuff and then i was able to actually equate it to some more recent events because there was one one of the students called me over and she said they had a meeting in madison square garden to talk about lynching in 1919 i said yes because that was one of the articles that they had to read about the red summer and she said obviously they didn't solve anything i said well no and she said, when did they solve anything about this? I said, that would be 2009 <laughs> when the uh, anti-lynching bill was solved when or when it was passed, the Matthew Shepard, James Byrd Jr. Yeah. Uh, hate crimes bill was passed. This is kind of a, this is kind of a, a sidestrack. Uh, do you know why we use the word lynching? Named after a man. Who invented it in Virginia? <laughs> he was very good at it. Uh, he was good at one thing: uh, teaching people how to enslave other people. And his last name was Lynch. He was in the East India Trading Company when Virginia needed his help to take care of an issue, uh, and then Pennsylvania needed his help to take care of an issue, and then it just became the word lynching. You could look this up. There's two word. There's two stories of it, but the main one is the former slaver who would lynch people as sport, and that's where we get the word. Fun fact. I don't know. Just, just throw that out there. I know they won't let you teach that in school, but because when I think of like when I think of the area between World War One and World War Two. It was this weird, like, mad scientist thing kind of going on mm-hmm. when it came to the field of science. Yeah. Because you have eugenics. Yeah, we talked about that, too. Yeah. So when you have eugenics, which is like science run amok, mm-hmm. and then you have what basically becomes the preamble to the study of genetics, mm-hmm. which is important, but eugenics. Yes. To infer that there are good genes and bad genes, mm-hmm. uh, which takes place a lot in the American South, but also kind of all over. Because um, we had a history teacher trying to explain to us, you know, Germany, when they started their little rise, mm. their little industrial revolution again, uh, around the 30s, yeah. they believed in eugenics. Yeah. But so did the United States. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, 
a f- dynasty family of the United States believed in eugenics so heartedly, the Kennedys. Yes. Uh, I recently came back from uh, West Virginia from the Trans-Allegheny Asylum, and Dr. Friedman, uh, who perfected the lobotomy, mm-hmm. believed in eugenics and performed it on one of the Kennedy sisters uh, and just destroyed her because of the belief that uh, people with mental disorders are the lesser, yeah. that you could either kill them or breed them out, mm-hmm. which becomes a big part of World War II. Yes. Later on, we'll talk about that on another story. Um, on our 13-part series on, are the Kennedys really Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it comes to that, but it takes 13 hours to get there, and I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Or that'll be on your uh, triple C. That'll be on my triple C episode. <laughs> the Kennedys are Nazis. Bootlegging Irish Nazis. <laughs> but no, so like you have this 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 world, the world as a whole is changing, but they're mm-hmm. all kind of destroying themselves through economic disparity with the you know, the Black Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is the fall of the Wall Street market. Yes. Um do you know why it fell? Do you know what caused the Great Depression? The quick version that I told the kids is everybody borrows, basically everybody goes to the stock market and they treat it like credit. So that was the quick and ugly version. (laughs) So what happened was when you put your money into the bank, there was no FDIC Mm -hmm. to protect your deposit. So the bank could say, oh, you put 20 bucks in, we're going to use that money and you might get it back. Mm. What happened was they used the money to invest into private equity and the value of equity lowered because everyone's buying land Mm -hmm. and there was plenty to go around. So we need to sell it cheap because they'll just go somewhere and buy it cheaper. So it became this downfall of American equity so quick that there was a run on the bank mm-hmm. when the when the bank started foreclosing yes uh on themselves and so the government had to step in and create the federal deposits insurance company the fdic which mm-hmm. protects our money that we put into the bank yes up to a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars but it also kept banks it kept them from saying oh you can take that money and buy land with it or buy homes with it they repealed that in 1999 they can do that now mm-hmm. that's why we had the housing market crash but yeah. uh but no that's what that's basically what happened uh, but this happened worldwide mm-hmm. people don't realize like as bad as it was here this happened worldwide yeah i explained to the kids that after it crashed here it crashed in germany too which was why germany was so bad off. yeah germany's was hyperinflation that happened overnight mm-hmm. because they owed money from world war one yeah, I explained that too because so, we gave them our, our their uh, that little loan because we were the last ones they were going to have to pay back anyway. Yeah, it became all right. So it becomes the uh, the Three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the two dollar loan, Three Stooges gag. He's yeah. like, you owe me two dollars. Okay, hold on, Curly, you owe me two dollars. Oh shit, hold on. Hey Mo, you owe me two dollars, and it's it's just and that's how it works. That's how the yeah. economy works. It's about the movement of money. Mm-hmm. If money stops moving, it becomes less valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and what was funny was like with it's not really funny, but it's fucked up. But like Germany 
was in this giant circle mm-hmm. of inflation through three different countries, United States, France, and Britain. Yeah. They had all this money that they were burning because it didn't have value. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, is there is no European Union. There is no euro. Mm-hmm. There are Deutschmarks, yep. francs. Uh, pounds. <laughs> pound, the pound sterling mm-hmm. and the American dollar. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about the uh, – the the Cougarans, uh, the uh, the Din, uh, the Danish francs. We're not talking about all the other countries that are forming and creating their own currency. Mm-hmm. That still exists today in a weird way, yeah. but the, the euro is the standard. Mm-hmm. Like you could go to Germany and get you a Deutschmark, but you could also get euros. <laughs> yeah, just like you can go to Ireland and get a euro, but you can also still get pounds pounds fucking sterling i love that term it's, it's like cash on the barrel mm-hmm. it's their redneck version of cash on the barrel yeah it is uh, but with theirs theirs was a little bit different game because it's hyperinflation and then britain and france their depression is caused because they can't tell who's getting paid first mm-hmm. well why does britain get their money from germany first it's like they're not getting money from germany because it's fucking worthless yeah. it does they're technically getting their money from us for a minute yeah. <laughs> and this kind of starts this kind of starts uh, a process for the United States when it comes to lending help. Yes. This idea of should the United States do it again at any point? And across the United States, it's uh, nope. Laissez-faire yep. diplomacy. We will never help an ally overseas again because they'll never help us. Yeah. And if you think about that, the United States never had a threat of invasion after World War One. Yeah. That was Japan, but not really. Well, we didn't think about Japan. Well, Japan during that time had just completed at the turn of the century the Russo-Japanese War. Yeah, where they defeated the Russians mm-hmm. with the help of American artillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with that, they they still had to deal with the government of manchuria through china so like yeah. there's a trade issue there's you know an empire rising to japan during this time that are firm allies with the united states mm-hmm. in the 1920s babe ruth mm-hmm. goes to japan and plays baseball with the japanese a high school japanese player strikes him out mm-hmm. it's fucking wild but it's <laughs> but it's it's like a goodwill mission you know it's yeah. just like hey you know the japanese are america light you know kind of like what happened with korea Seoul, Korea is America light. They're the 51st fucking state. Mm-hmm. They should have a star on the flag. They really fucking should. <laughs> Just like Guam and fucking Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. But uh, even with that being said, it's it's such a bad time to be alive. Yeah. But we also get this little glimmer that will be a whole two episodes for us. It, the outlaw. Mm-hmm. The 1920s and 30s American outlaw. Yeah, the gangsters. <laughs> yeah, the original gangsters. I don't, you know, when you say original gangsters, you know, I think of Al Capone, mm-hmm. you know, Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky. But the American outlaw was Bonnie and Clyde, John Dillinger, Porty Boy Floyd, Babyface Nelson, Ma yeah. Barker and her boys. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different breed of criminal. The quote unquote bank robbers. <laughs> yeah, public enemies. Mm-hmm. You're fast and loose. You know your cartoon characters. You know the the other guys. You know Capone and all them. They were, they were your uh, man. She, you know those guys. Yeah, your mob bosses. Yeah, your mobs. But those guys, 
the guys, you know, came from poor, you know, towns like Omaha and Omaha, Nebraska, and Kansas City and shit, who just fucking were poor as dirt. They came from the Dust Bowl. Yeah, they came, they, they were like, fuck this noise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only thing mine. we're eating is dirt. We're, we're getting out and going for better things. Because we had brought it up when we had talked about uh, Malcolm X and Martin mm-hmm. Luther King. They were born in this era. They, yeah. They were, uh, uh, Malcolm X was alive in Omaha, Nebraska, when John Dillinger was putting bullets and cops and shit like yeah and when, robbing banks and pretty boy floyd was getting shot in an orchard you know, just, yeah uh and we also get a rise in in the united states of law and order mm-hmm. you know turn of the century we've conquered the west we have our states already lined up we had our 48 states by 1900 everything's kind of going the way it should hawaii and alaska are a secondary thought no one really thinks about them they don't really exist alaska doesn't really exists it's just a russian canadian province yeah and hawaii is a forward operating base off in the pacific mm-hmm. but by the time the 20s come along with the economic change of the world mm-hmm. going downhill very quickly um they kind of set themselves up for a worldwide resource war yeah which becomes world war ii mm-hmm. or the great war part two <laughs> <laughs> Because at that time, I, I love to tell this. It's like the old joke. Why did they call it War One? Did they know another one was coming? No, no, no. no they, they, it was called the Great War. Yeah, that, that's what I had to explain to the kids. The kids are like, I actually had some at. Why did they call it World War One if they knew World War Two? No, they didn't. That's why they called it the War to End All Wars. Yeah, and they're done now. <laughs> another thing is like we talked about during during our talk about War One is how you change the game on how to fight a war. You dig a trench, you put a battle line in, no man's land, everyone's got a rifle that could put five shots down range in a minute. Mm-hmm. That is new. Brand fucking new when yep. it comes to the warfare. No ballista lines like the Civil War American Revolution, you know. Yeah. None of this bullshit, you know. The, the before all this, you know, you have the Spanish American War <laughs> with Teddy Roosevelt just being like, I'm gonna invade Panama and I don't think God could stop me. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no man or God could stop me. And so he killed a bunch of Panamanians instead. So, And then, then you also got to think, we talked about it in when we talked about World War One, where you have horseback cavalry going up against tanks. But brand new tanks. Brand new tanks, but still. You know, experimental armored things. But still. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine running into battle on a horse and going up against a tank? And that's why I think the, the United States... Uh, this is what I like about war. It's very uh, it's very convenient when it comes to inventions. Mm-hmm. We need to invent something really big, real quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, the French, you know, they had the Shosho gun, which was a, a shitty fucking machine gun. Mm-hmm. The Maxim machine gun, which was the premier machine gun of, mm-hmm. you know, Germany. And then some guy said, well, I got a, I got a shotgun I used to hunt quail and ducks. But what if it shot like eight of them? <laughs> <laughs> And At you, the same time. And you could just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to some 18-year-old from Nebraska who doesn't speak a lick of German. Mm-hmm. And, to, and I told him they're all a bunch of dog-killing demons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll win the whole goddamn thing. He's got God on his side. And, <laughs> boom, yeah. boom, boom. And just like, that won it. Yep. That did it. <laughs> the guy with the shotgun. And and my favorite invention for World War One, the carrier pigeon. Yeah. Well, the carrier <laughs> pigeon had been around for a very long time. But it was the idea of just like, shoot that goddamn thing out of the fucking air. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got it. <laughs> Boom. 
and that's why you have clay pigeons. <laughs> yeah, I imagine no bird was safe in World War One. I. <laughs> I will say, in high school, I was really good at shooting clay pigeons. <laughs> I was fucking phenomenal with a shotgun. Uh, I was a surgeon <laughs> with that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, you're you're talking about a big economic downturn of all nations hmm. after 1922. Germany figures out a plan. They have a plan. Mm-hmm. Nationalism yes. mixed with socialism. And folks, there is no bigger argument I will have with you than the definition of the word socialism and the definition of the word nationalism. These are two different ideologies on two different lines. Let's see if we're going to have the same one because my I have two things. I have nationalism and then I have extreme nationalism. Uh, uh, so these two things are good unless they're together. <laughs> See, see, what I told the kids is I say that there is nationalism, which is it's okay to be proud of your country and where you're from and what you, the place where you live, and that's fine. Until you say it's better yeah. than everybody else's. That's what I consider extreme nationalism. So <laughs> when it became, so they use nationalism as an ideology of the country. Mm-hmm. I see nationalism as an ideology of finance. No private company should be dealing our resources in the United States. That's just how I feel. America's oil is America's. Mm-hmm. America's timber is America's. Mm-hmm. Anything made within the borders of the United States shouldn't really be leaving unless you absolutely have to. <laughs> That's how nationalist I am. Mm-hmm. The fact that we allow British Petroleum to dig up our oil is disgusting. <laughs> But that's just how I feel. But I'm never going to say, oh, no, you need to be American 100% if you don't like America. Fuck you. No, America can be critiqued. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of bad shit. Mm-hmm. America's the shit. Mm-hmm. But we've done a lot of terrible things to get here. Okay? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I love the United States. I wouldn't live anywhere else. But fuck, we can make we can fix it, you know. I I'm I'm with you there. I I love this country. I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And we have a wonderful history, but we got some rough stuff we need to talk about in our history. You can be proud of your country and acknowledge the bad stuff. Yes, exactly. Unless you're Germany. Uh, <laughs> unless you're Germany, you shut the fuck up. Hey, uh, you shut right the fuck up uh, and do not talk. You are not allowed to talk in the room. I have this kind of idea of, uh, like, if the lower 25 states in a subject, like, let's say, you know, if we got 50 states and an education bill comes up, mm-hmm. the people who are ranked 25 and below shouldn't be allowed to vote. You guys are fucking dumb. Obviously, you are fucking up. Rude. <laughs> yeah. So if you're dead last, maybe we don't need to hear from you about how we need to teach fucking math, okay? <laughs> maybe you don't get a fucking vote. Yeah. You know? But that's just me. That's that's another game we play down the road in something good network. If you were in charge, what would you do? Mine would be horrific. There would be a manifesto. Yes. <laughs> I would write it from my jail cell. I'm kidding. No one's arresting me. <laughs> I'll take a bullet. Oh, my God. I'll write my words on bullets. Mm. Uh, but going back to Germany, they took national, you know, nationalism – as a political identity. Yes. Instead of a financial identity. Yes. They took socialism mm-hmm. as a public good. But it, since it mixed with nas- nationalism, 
it's only for Germans. You know, yeah. it's let's take care of Germany, but only the true Germans. And then we get into the murky waters of what is a true German. That's where the eugenics thing comes in. Yes. Um, a great pioneer in eugenics um, was a pilot from the United States. <laughs> Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> I would say he's not good at keeping an eye on a baby, but he's really good at making them. <laughs> oh. I think Amelia Earhart killed him. Hey. I think Amelia Earhart killed that baby and escaped to Japan. But that's a that's a triple C episode. I I would be happy to make a triple C episode about how I think it was a setup that well, he that, planned. Oh, that Charles Lindbergh killed Amelia Earhart. No, <laughs> no, that that Charles Lindbergh had the baby kidnapped and killed. No, uh, I think it was uh, a dumb criminal uh, who tried to extort money. Because that uh, fun fact, uh, the American outlaws that we've talked about mm-hmm. had gotten into the kidnapping business. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is the Barker Gang. Yes, who kidnapped a guy by the last name of ham and it went south very quickly mm-hmm. um and because of that the fbi formed mm-hmm. with that weird dude hoover yeah um and the charles Lindbergh thing was a big case for the fbi mm-hmm. uh we get the science of basically um the sherlock holmes way of doing investigation deduction yeah you know they were real big into fingerprints ear prints you know things that can identify a person out the gate mm-hmm. this person used a ladder well can we find out where the ladder came from they create a whole catalog system of identifying ways to find criminals um but kidnapping was the bread and butter of a lot of gangsters who just didn't rob banks mm-hmm. mainly the barker carpus gang um because before that it was like robbing trains and banks and shit. Yeah. So, in that part of you know the world that that you know up for us, that was that was the big thing. But going back to Charles Lindbergh, he had his little hidden families all overseas. Mm-hmm. But what he did admire, though, not just the eugenics part of it, was the German engineering. Yes. Of the internal combustion engine. You could say what you want about the Germans, but they are super fucking efficient. Just like the Japanese mm-hmm. are really good at this one thing. Uh, and if I wanted a car, it'd probably be made by Germans. Yeah. It's a fucking I'm, solid vehicle. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you get those ragtag motherfuckers from the United States been like, oh, it's good. But uh, you don't need all them bolts. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we ripped. You can leave a couple of them out here and there. Nah, fuck that. Make this thing light. Let's get this thing going. You know, your preambled NASCAR motherfuckers, your Southern bootleggers. I mean, like, we could put alcohol in that goddamn engine and run fine. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the German guy's screaming, like, "What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You're missing eight bolts." Yeah, but like nine, 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 nine. Yeah, but like America was bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the main. And that's still like kind of the day. You know, bigger. You know, let's big make it big. And then after like the after like 1980, it was just like let's make it scary and fast, yeah. And you can't see it, <laughs> uh, but that's later on. Yeah. <laughs> but the United the United States and Germany, you know, they have this laissez-faire policy, mm-hmm. and then you have this little fella show up in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, a World War One veteran mm-hmm. uh, who may be a little a uh, little tight under the collar about some things. A little, maybe he, you know. 
if I wanted to paint and someone told me I sucked, I might have you know, lost my shit. But, Especially if it was uh, the only thing you could do after you got back. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't think I would go that far. You know, if someone yeah, said, I wouldn't try to destroy an entire race of people just because one, one or two people told me I couldn't paint good. Now, if they didn't serve me beer, I might have a problem. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> let me have a drink or two, but, but I digress. Oh. But, no, it... If you take out, and this is this is very selective of how you do things, he takes Germany, Adolf Hitler takes Germany to the ex, next step with National Socialism, Nazism. Around this time, communism has already took a hold in Russia. Yes. With the Bolsheviks murdering the royal family in Russia. That sets off a fucking storm in Europe because yes. of the royal families. Uh, one is uh, the story of you know Tsar Nicholas's cousin who was the king of England at the time mm-hmm. who didn't provide aid to get his family out of Russia mm-hmm. because they did not want to interfere because they knew communism was on the rise and if they got the you know Romanovs out the communists of Britain would have been like, oh, no, look, they're all banding together. This is what we've been talking about. All the royal families are actually all together. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact they all fucking look alike. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like if I took the, you know, Kaiser Wilhelm and Tsar Nicholas the fucking second and King George V to put them all in a room together, you couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> put them all in the same suit. Yep, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, they look all the fucking same because they all have the same fucking grandparents. Yeah. Um, but with that, you got communism, which is a on paper sounds good, mm-hmm. but it's everything not, sounds good on paper. But it's not socialism, right? Socialism is very simple. You take the money from the taxes and even it out to services. Mm-hmm. We have socialism here because we pay for police mm-hmm. and fire departments, medical care to an extent with Medicare Medicaid. We have social security for people who work and live and retire. We have those. We spend money on public schools. You know, this is how socialism works. Mm-hmm. Theirs was tied to nationalism where only those social services could only work for true Germans. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there are people that exist that are making things worse. The myth of the Jew which goes back to Europe far before Hitler came along. Yeah. Um, but with with going into that, you know, he does the whole rise economically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to put people back to work. That's why they're not, that's why they're starving. Yes. They're not working and the money they do have is shit. Let's, let's tell Britain and France, fuck you, we're not paying you any goddamn money. And they accepted that. They, they literally just accepted that. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. Yeah. Just fucking wild. (laughs) That it's like, we're not paying you anymore. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a fear that had developed in Europe of, do we we pop off a few rounds in Germany again because they owe us money without the help of the United States? Yeah. Because they've already said they're not going to help us. Yeah. I think it was kind of nobody wanted to go back to a world war after what happened with the first one. Nobody wanted that. And I, I also think there might have been a little bit of guilt about exactly how bad they all knew the Versailles Treaty had been. Yeah. So the Versailles Treaty is very uh, inept 
when it comes to the nations of Europe. Yeah. America didn't really give a shit. Yeah. America was just like, can we sign this so we can go home? Woodrow Wilson wanted the League of Nations. Yes. Which becomes the UN mm-hmm. later down the road. But it was a good idea. Hey, this, these are ambassadors of every government coming together for a common cause mm-hmm. and laying out grievances. And we, as a, as a group of leaders, can lay it out as a democracy on how we fix this. Yeah. A country can come to the rest of the country and be like, guys, we're fucked. We need some help, and this is what we could do. Yeah. In the United Nations, it kind of works. Mm-hmm. But the League of Nations, you still have people whose governments are run by kings and queens. Mm-hmm. Which there is no getting along with kings and queens. Like as many people talk about how bad the communists were in Russia, the aristocracy was just as bad, if not worse. Mm-hmm. You don't get a bu- you don't get a million farmers batting together, start murdering royals without the royals doing some bad shit. Okay, that just is, that doesn't happen. My mind immediately goes to Braveheart. I'm sorry, I mean, but, that, <laughs> but that's true. Think about the mentality of a king or a queen. God chose my family to keep you peasants in line. That's what that means. That's what an aristocracy yeah. means. You believe an entity chose you to be in charge, and then you fucked your fucking family to create this monstrosity of a prince who looks like a sideshow freak that they're dangling around in the 20s fucking United States. Come and see. Blackface. <laughs> you know, you know that, that's, that's wild to me that that, get, that doesn't get taught in history class. Yeah. That, hey, yeah, it's bad. But it was so much fucking worse. Mm-hmm. Pirates exist because one guy, his mom was his uncle's sister. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's there's ramifications of cousin fucking <laughs> for royals. For anybody, but for anybody. You know. <laughs> but back in the United States, you know, going back to science, you know, Germany was the pre, you know, premier science when it came to health. Yes. And they come to the United States and kind of bring that with them. And in the United States, you do have doctors and, you know, scientists coming together and be like, we need to figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where your Louis Pasteur's come in before World War I. This is where, you know, hey, we found a guy who invented penicillin. Yep. And destroyed polio. That's, and eugenics was over here too prior, yeah, but that, that's part of eugenics. That was part of the eugenics. It's just like this is another science. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not a good science. It's fucking horrific. But, it's stupid and it doesn't work. Yeah, but that's the great thing about science is you can prove it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was just like the pillars of the new sciences that were coming in. We yeah. went from phrenology, the study of slaves, and why they're slaves, which is a joke science. And it involves it to genics, which is euthanasia of those who are lesser. Which, when it was over here, we used it on African-Americans. Yes. uh, That comes across around post-World War II and the Tuxedi experiments. But before World War II, you have some other called... (laughs) After World War II, they're called the Tulane tests. Mm -hmm. Before World War II, I'm not really sure what they're called, but it's the experiments on the mentally handicapped. Um, those who with Down syndrome, uh, Asperger's, uh, high high levels of autism, non-functioning people who don't talk, you know, stuff like that. Um, you also have people who try to cure things like blindness, deafness, mm. things like that in family history. Yeah. So 
the belief that you could transfer it down the line through genetics was kind of true, but not to the level that they like, not to the level they believed. Yeah. yeah, you could trans, you know, the gene that causes blindness can be transferable. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. But to kill the person that's blind so they don't have children is an overstep. Yeah. Uh, another one is the shape of someone's skull predetermines that they might be a criminal. That somehow genetically they want to break the law. Yeah. Which changes all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, preamble to World War II, people are kind of fucking dumb. <laughs> also, one of the things that messed me up is uh, when they do that, the study of somebody's uh, somebody's skull, hmm. they also studied World War One veterans who had received blows to the head in World War One, hmm. And I'm like, you can't do that because even if your science was correct, they've had blows to the head in some of the areas that you swear is going to make them a criminal. Yeah. Well, you have people who are showing signs of mental derangement it's PTSD. Yeah. They don't have that term, though. Yeah. Before that, it was thousand-yard stare. Before that, it was something else. And before that, it was something else. Yeah. Kind of like how they, uh, how we get to the word uh, mentally uh, mentally retarded. Mm-hmm. That was the word. Yeah. And before that, it was imbecile. And before that, it was moron. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was something else. Mm-hmm. The word changes over time, but it's still the same fucking thing. Um, and that's just like just small small microcosm of what kind of kicks World War II off. Uh, also, I would be uh, regressed to not mention all of the horrifying things that they tried to cure the women of. Yeah, well, that goes back to the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Feminine hysteria is real. Sure. It's just called anxiety. No, it's called, I want to sit down and read a book. Wrong. <laughs> That's feminine hysteria. I want to sit out and read a book every once in a while. Uh, Mary Beth, why are you reading that fiction that whore Mary Shelley wrote? I just want to sit down and read a book for a while. (laughs) Hush. I think your corset is too loose. (laughs) (laughs) No, you think my corset is too loose. (laughs) Tighten and knock the fucking breath out of her a little bit. Maybe she'll just fall asleep again. (laughs) The female... <laughs> quote quote health science quote unquote is a fucking joke currently it still is yeah but you know you're you have feminine hysteria christy <laughs> yeah i'm a woman and i'm hysterical about it yes <laughs> it's the bee's knees god damn it hey you can vote yes and, in and 1920 we finally got the ability to vote worst fucking mistake the united states made since creating israel <laughs> hey. oh yeah we'll get there eventually guys we'll get there once they solve their shit we'll do a whole fucking episode about it in two thousand years <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> took two thousand years to get here we'll get another two thousand to go uh but like with those sciences you know evolving and taking a misstep and then evolving again mm-hmm. taking another fucking misstep mm-hmm. it is I will say probably the wildest time to be alive. Yes. Because as much as we have the information age now, mm-hmm. and we you know we have to get bogged down through truth and fiction and what's real and the horrors that is possible AI and you know 
deep fakes and trying to think, hey, did he really say this? Did she really do that? Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we're living in that world of consequence, run amok. Mm-hmm. Back then, Oof. the golden age of fuck it. Like, yeah. the gold, the 19, like 1925 to 1939 in America was the golden age of get fucked. Yeah. I will do whatever I goddamn please. Ain't nothing you or the goddamn cops can do about it. Yeah. That's another thing, too. People didn't trust the banks, but they sure as hell didn't like the cops either. No, no. That is the most wild fucking shit about reading about, you know, American out- public enemies is because uh, I read the book Public Enemies and it was in, it's a story of all of them and their cohesiveness together, mm-hmm. mainly about a guy named Alan Carpus mm-hmm. who got out scot free. This motherfucker is the creepiest motherfucker in history you've ever seen in your goddamn life. And somehow he made it out alive and all the other ones got killed. <laughs> this motherfucker knew them all and made it out alive. <laughs> Crafty son of a bitch. Creepy Alvin, creepy Carpus. If you guys get a chance, look him up. He had plastic surgery for the first. He shacked up with Ma Barker for a while. He fucking ran guns for uh, John Dillinger. He was the first, like, he was there the whole fucking time in the background. And it's just like, this little bastard? (laughs) John Dillinger gets killed out in goddamn public, but this motherfucker lived? Babyface Nelson got gunned down shooting at cops from a fucking uh, Model T. Mm -hmm. Got lit the fuck up by fucking uh, killers. Yeah. Barney Parker and and Clyde Barrow. Lit the fuck up. Yeah. All these people just murdered. Cold-blooded, too. Yeah. And this guy survived. What a, you know, he's one of those guys in history. He's like one of those background characters you hear about that you can't teach in history. Yeah. Like, you ever heard of Alvin Dulles? hmm The guy that created CIA? Yeah. Scariest guy in American history. Yes. George Washington, six-foot-two monster. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. Alvin Dulles is like, Oh, yeah, I could kill J. Edgar Hoover. Who's, yeah, I could do it. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. I could wear him like a Hoover sweatsuit. Like, <laughs> Ew. Like, he could. He was that guy. He was that far deep in, like, the terrible things that is the United States government. Yeah. Alvin Dulles. And they named the airport after him. Yeah. Him and his shitty little brother. <laughs> but, like, I can't teach that in history class because the kids would be like, Jesus Christ! Like, Yeah, you've already traumatized some of them when you, when you talked about Belgium. Well, Belgium... <laughs> It's Belgium first, okay? Belgium first, <laughs> goddammit. Waffles and all. Waffles as far as you guys can see in the Congo. Belgium waffles and diamonds. But going into, you know, the United States, they're coming out of, you know, they're, they're going through the Dust Bowl, which is an agricultural fucking nightmare. Yes. You're coming off three presidents who just fucked us. You got Coolidge... Mm-hmm. Hoover. <laughs> and then FDR shows up. And FDR going into it is corrupt. F- Franklin Delano Roosevelt came from the rich Roosevelt's, not the Theodore Roosevelt's who came from, he was poor. The rich Roosevelt's started an opium war in China. <laughs> that's a fact. That is not conspiracy. That's a goddamn fact. That's how he made his money. Mm-hmm. The Hyde Park Roosevelt's were one of those allies to Japan through China. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of understand why Japan kind of hated us because of a giant oil embargo he does to keep the United States flush mm-hmm. during the... Now, he does have the New Deal. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority, Oak Ridge, FDIC, all this, mm-hmm. all this part of the New Deal, which they fucking fumble when it, Truman comes and Eisenhower come. They kind of fumble it, but they kind of had to. Everybody mm-hmm. got tired and wanted to create the middle class, so <laughs> we got to do something. But with with the New Deal and everything coming up, it's on the pretense that hey, we may have to do something else on top. Mm-hmm. And no one had thought, had the forethought to think, what if it was a war? Yeah. And you look back at the leaders who are in charge during the time that this war kicks off. Have Emperor Hirohito, mm-hmm. fascist leader Mussolini, mm-hmm. Nazi himself, King Shit, mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler. Those are your Axis powers. Yeah. World War Two is black and white. Very quickly. Yes. Joseph Stalin. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And a veteran, Churchill, who is very, very old school British when it comes to dealing with Germans. Yep. Of, uh, let's kill them all. Yeah. Y'all fucked it up last time I was there. (laughs) Yeah. He was one of those guys. Yeah. But... Churchill is very kill them all, let God sort them out. Yes. Uh, Patton, kind of the same way. But Patton was a Nazi sympathizer so to an extent, so I don't really like him. Um, but with that being said, our lesser people of you know Eisenhower, mm-hmm. Patton, uh, and your lessers, uh, Rommel, or not Rommel, but like Himmler, mm-hmm. his guys, you know, all them – you have all these underlings mm-hmm. who were just like, we probably shouldn't kill the face of the fucking party. Like, we, we shouldn't. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. But even FDR had his problems. Yeah. Um, at one point, and this is a conspiracy more than anything, was with fascism rising in Germany, business rose in Germany. Yes. Adidas is one of those companies. Hugo Boss, Chanel. Mm-hmm. These are all companies that worked with the Nazis. Yeah. Either because they had to or they fucking wanted to. Volkswagen. Volkswagen was actually just German, like a literally German government company. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That's what it's, it's a people's wagon. Yeah. People's car. Fuck yeah. Fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they refused to uh, denounce their... Yeah. Uh, alliance until I think two, three years ago. Yeah, but they were created by Nazis. Like, literally, a high functioning vehicle was created by Nazis. You're not going to deny that. You can't really deny it. Like, oh no, we did. We yeah, we made fucking tanks and shit. Well, uh, well, okay. On that case, then the company that made Zyklon B gas, yeah, refused to take the symbol. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you can go online and find the original pictures of the Zyklon B canisters. Yeah. The same, they used the same symbol up until I think three years ago. I think that comes down to how far do you tie the company to its client? Hugo Boss yeah. made the SS uniform. Yes. It's crisp. Like, I don't give a fuck what era and time you live in. I know they're evil motherfuckers, but damn, they are crisp. All right. You can't say the Nazi uniform looks bad. But I'll say it like this: Is Hugo Boss a villain? 
Chanelias. I have I have a book. Uh, it's not here at the moment. It is being borrowed by a relative, but it is all about the uniforms. Yeah, the Nazi uniforms and where where they came from, where the ideas came from, and the whole point of them is that they are recognizable from a distance and that they are meant to be like nothing you've ever seen and that they are meant to be intimidating looking. Yeah. And it's a villain. Yeah. It's a villain's uniform. You can tell. We live in the time of, you know, we grew up seeing, you know, villains and comics and stuff like that. Yeah. Even with those didn't exist. You saw that. You was like, that's an evil person. Yeah, bad guy. Ding, 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 ding. The skull and crossbones gives it away. But like at some point, one other German's looking at the other German and he's like, I knows I looks bad. I looks means, but I looks good. Like I'm crisp. I can move. Look at look at me, Hans. Look at me go. And then a finished sniper just blows his fucking brains out and his fucking whole memory just goes out the fucking window. Go Finland. Never exist. <laughs> they don't exist. It's a fallacy. Um but with with those, you know, the companies that helped, you mm-hmm. know, they come about Adidas, Puma, yeah, because of the Olympics. But um, you talk about a turnaround of a country that everyone's going to idolize for a good two years. Yeah, you know, if you're an American in 1935, living on a dirt farm, mm-hmm. trying to turn it into something else, especially if you're an immigrant and that's where you came from. Well, not just that. Some of those immigrants got out what they're getting was good. Mm-hmm. They saw the writing on the wall. But some of those other ones are like, who've been here for a while, are like, uh, the fatherland's doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think we should go back. I think we've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And that's where the rub is yeah. with America. Italy goes full turn. Yeah. It has done it this year. Same way. Um, a right-wing government has taken control of Italy as of today. After their election. Same with the Netherlands. Um, authoritarianism. A new word for fascism. Is, you know, creeping across Europe. And, you know, it could play out the same as last time. Depending on how America does. But I don't think it's going to be very subtle. On this go around. I have not, I have not seen this. So. Don't, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't. Current events kind of suck right now. It's uh, it's very it's very wishy washy. Not gonna lie, I have not seen. You're gonna start thinking like me for a little bit if you start watching it. Uh, just thinking of true crime about your documentaries that go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna talk about that documentary. Watch those fun ones like the Twin Flames. Not watching that. Either. Sex cults. Out. <laughs> um, sticking my true crime documentaries. But. You know, with those rise of neo or fascism, mm-hmm. national socialism, and imperialism in Japan, those countries are digging themselves out of a problem that shouldn't really exist. Poverty. Yes. And they're doing it in a very fast way. Yes. Quick solutions to broad problems, mm-hmm. which do not work out in the long run, i.e. the end of fucking World War II. Yeah. But the United States, until about 1941, tail end of 41, doesn't give a fuck about Europe. Purposefully. Purposely. They they send some stuff to yeah. Britain, 
because they're an ally because we need somebody on the other side of the Atlantic to keep people from putting boats on our way. And because Britain is screaming at us. Yeah. But specifically Churchill is screaming at us from the top of his lungs. I think it was Churchill had that uh, had that quote. Democracy is a terrible way to run government, but it's the best we've got right now. <laughs> sounds so, like him. yeah, it sounds like so. He's like, democracy <laughs> is awful, but it's the best thing we got. <laughs> sounds like so him. far, it's the best thing we got. May not be him, but it sounds like him. Yeah, but you know, we are sending aid at this time. Mm-hmm. But another little thing happens before this. Uh, a couple of uh, German scientists who got out of uh, Nuremberg and Frankfurt. Uh, while the getting was good, mm-hmm. as the glorious bastard says, got the fuck out of Munich while the getting was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of them said, hey, there's this new science, guys, um, called the atom and uh, mm-hmm. nuclear energy. Oh, no. Uh, so Madame Curie, a woman, mm-hmm. figured out how radiation works. And she saved a lot of lives in World War One through X-rays and saying, hey, old Tim here broke his leg. In the psalm. Well, let's cut it off. Whoa, you don't have to cut it off. No, let's look at it. Mm-hmm. X-ray it. We can look at the inside of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't need to cut his fucking leg off. We can just wrap it in this plaster and leave it for a little while. Fucking solved. <laughs> Problem solved. Problem staying solved. Curie leads the way. Except she also invented cancer. Like, <laughs> she may have accidentally invented cancer. Because uh, she invented, uh, she came up with radium. Mm-hmm. Um. And radium was this one another miracle science, mm-hmm. like heroin. Let's talk about, you know, you talked about Zyklon B, the manufacturers of that. Mm-hmm. Bayer mm-hmm. invented good old-fashioned heroin. Uh, and it's a wonder drug. Hey, so was cocaine for a little while. And you mix them together. <laughs> little Timmy ain't yelling at the goddamn TV no more. <laughs> In fact, Timmy's shutting the fuck up. All right. Oh, is your wife sad all the time? <laughs> Bayer can fix that real goddamn quick. Solved. Mommy's little helpers. I was going to say. Benny and the Jets. <laughs> oh, my. Tell me that, that song was about fucking Benny. It's like this, I listen to that song all the time. I'm just like, he's singing about barbiturates. <laughs> like, why Weird Al doesn't have a song about Benny and the Jets? Like, I don't know. And it's just about heroin. Oh, my God. But, you know, another part of the you know, the wave of new science mm-hmm. between World War One and World War Two. Now it's kind of reined in. Yeah. All the new science that America creates for the military is called DARPA. And they're fucking secretive shit. If I see somebody with a DARPA bag, I'm going the other fucking way. Because that guy's probably invented <laughs> some kind of machine to rip my head off with a robot arm on the side of an RC car. <laughs> like an IED in a Walmart bag, you know, just like <laughs> that's what they're inventing. Some scary science shit, Nazi level, scary Nazi shit, but it actually works as opposed to the Nazi bullshit that didn't work. That's another thing that if I was a teacher, I would tell them Nazis did all this science. It was fucking worthless. All their eugenics research is worthless. Mm-hmm. One guy worked on some rockets. Mm-hmm. We took him. Yep. The rest were dumb. Yeah, we black bagged that one guy. <laughs> there was Heisenberg, who mm-hmm. worked on his nuclear energy. He was kind of slow. Our guys were a little quick on the trigger. <laughs> Got a guy named Oppenheimer showed up. Yep. 
and he had some problems with it. <laughs> he had some, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, regrets. <laughs> but you know, that's you know that's working in the background the whole time. Mm-hmm. While the Germans are kicking ass and taking names. And let's go to that real quick. What is the first move? Take back the Rhineland. That's their first move. And France gives it to them. It's theirs. You can have it. Yet again, I, I say guilt. Yeah. But France is dealing with a depression. Yeah. An economic depression, just like Europe. Just the rest of Europe. Spain goes full fucking authoritarianism. They have their own little fucking fascist government going on. Mm-hmm. They don't really pop off in World War II. They're allies with the Nazis on a on a weird front. It's kind of hard to explain what happens to Spain during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth is kind of a great fucking version of that. Yeah. Um, but... They take back the Rhineland. Mm-hmm. They move into Austria-Hungary. They it, ride into Austria-Hungary. With a red fucking carpet. Yep. Uh, Czechoslovakia. And then September of 39, mm-hmm. they invade Poland. Yes. A new nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the preemptive strike that is, oh, Russia will help us. And we'll just split it down the middle. We'll break bread with Russia. Yep. That is Poland. Yep. We'll um, break Poland in half. And Poland did their best. Yep. They fought hard for they three days. Hard. And I think that's what scared the the Allied forces that, was they took a whole nation in three days. That scared the hell out of Churchill. Out of Churchill. Yeah. He wasn't. He had no idea it was going to be that bad. And. I think I think when you see stuff like that, because it was a blitzkrieg effect, you know, yes. the, the, it was their tactic of hard press, yes, full press, you know, the football term, the blitz, you know, mm-hmm. go for the capital, go for the quarterback, you know, boom, 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 do not stop. Anything's in your way, you take it the fuck out, and you slaughter it. Well, I. Not only did they do that with the torchlight parades and everything with so much flash and so much Pop misdirection, yeah. they did that on the battlefield, too. Yeah. Well, it's a very... If you want to talk about how a country shows off, mm-hmm. no one did it like the Nazis. Yeah. A military parade sounds like a fucking joke. When you write it down, no, it just sounds exactly like that. But, but it, it sounds, sounds like a parade. It sounds, but but, it's, but it sounds kind of dumb. Like when, we're when, sh- you, when you think about a parade, you think about like a local town parade where you yeah, have like floats, well, like July Fourth, March, July Fourth, Christmas, and stuff like that. Yeah, theirs was goose stepping across Europe. Yeah, with the and this is a psychology part of it that kicks in: the red, black, and white. Yep. Put that together. Those are the first colors you see yep. when you're born. Uh, those are co- colors you acknowledge. I know this because I had black, white, and red posters in my room. Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. My nieces fucking loved those things. Mm-hmm. They would stop crying if they saw those because those are colors they see. Mm-hmm. Those are primary colors psychologically. Mm-hmm. Red, white, and blue are not. Yeah. But red, white, and black. It kind of sends, like, subconsciously, it sends a message. Mm. And 
No one, I don't think, even today, if you were to show somebody with a Nazi flag, they probably don't know what Nazis are, but they see that and like, I don't like that. Yeah. Or that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But for the Germans, that was their identity Mm -hmm. on a flag. And I'm not going to get into the history of the fucking swastika. We'll be here all day. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. Let's no, just get the fuck it's over it. changed hands so many times. Yeah. Christian symbol was a Buddhist symbol. It's been everything. Who gives a shit? It's been everything. Who gives a well, shit? Well, it doesn't matter. It's a perverted symbol in their hands. That's that's the most important thing. That's what I tell the kids all the time. But when you have stuff as like um, birth of a nation, not, 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 what is it called? Not birth of a nation. Um, their little movie they made, a little documentary, Rise of a Nation. The little Nazi propaganda film they made. Oh, the one you're talking about where it's the... All Nazi flags every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Torch, what you're talking about. The Torchlight Parade. I know what you're talking about. I can't think yeah, of the name yeah. of it. Yeah, Birth of a Nation is the KKK movie yeah. from, like, from like 1800, but yeah. uh, which created the look, what the Klan looks like. But uh, um, but no, they are a lot about pomp and circumstance. Yes. There's a look. Mm-hmm. That's associated. The uniforms. The uniform. The helmets, even. Yes. Um, the helmet design is made to not take a bullet, but deflect a bullet. Yes. To put it off its path. It's smooth, as opposed to that weird pan helmet that the United States Doughboys had, uh, or the Kaiser helmet with a spike on it, which actually served a purpose, but like, is it, stupid. <laughs> but theirs was, I got a highly trained athletic guy. He knows what he's doing with the weapons I give him, and I give him a shit ton of them. Mm-hmm. And I told him that God told him to do it because it's in his blood. And then I gave him a shit ton of meth in his pocket, mm-hmm. wrapped in chocolate. Yep. Good German chocolate. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Garadelli's was probably part of that, <laughs> who made Privetin. Not Garadelli's. Yep. They made meth chocolate. No. <laughs> Kick, throw your Hugo Ball shoes away. <laughs> They're so comfortable. <laughs> but with those kind of things on the other side of the ocean mm-hmm. here in the United States, there is a rise of that. Mm-hmm. That idea of like, let's do what Germany's doing. Let's take a page out of their playbook and let's start doing that shit. Yeah. The rise of American Nazism. Mm-hmm. The uh, America first uh, is probably the best way to describe that. Uh, we just we talked about it briefly uh, about Meyer Lansky uh, yep. and a group of uh, the Night of the Garden. Yeah, that's going to be one of the things the kids are going to watch. Yeah, so Night of the Garden, Meyer Lansky and a good some good old boy New Yorkers get together and wait outside with sticks uh, for the American Nazi Party to let out, and uh, they corral these boys and start beating the dog shit out of them because mm-hmm. Meyer Lansky, if anything, gangster hoodlum, is an American, <laughs> <laughs> a proud American. They should put him on the dime. <laughs> But he snuck off to Israel, and then they caught his ass and brought him back here. <laughs> Happens. <laughs> he, he's one of those Roji gangsters. He was. He's <laughs> one of those American outlaws. Um, but here, with the rise of eugenics and the compromises we're making mm-hmm. on on how to deal with allies, potential enemies, because mm-hmm. You know, history tells us that the Nazis did not want America to come over there. No. If anything, they wanted an ally 
in the Americas. Mm-hmm. And the United States was right up their fucking alley. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Hitler admired the United States. Yep. There are some weird letters. He, um, there was a, uh, <laughs> this is like context of history wise. Uh, Gandhi had wrote a letter to Hitler. Uh, have you heard of this letter? Mm-mm. In all certain words, Gandhi wrote a letter to Hitler that said, hey, chill the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, that makes if, sense. If you want a slang version of what he said, chill the fuck out. Look into yourself. Basically, he's telling him how to you know, meditate a little bit and rein it back. Mm-hmm. Gandhi did that. There was a school that had a gas leak and exploded in Texas. Blew the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Hitler wrote a letter to the town. Germany weeps for you. Like we're we're horrified to hear about this. If you need anything, give us a call. Like it's one of those letters. Like, are you okay? Like a get well soon letter. He wrote that to a town in Texas. Because he wanted the United States to just be an ally. Mm-hmm. He wrote letters to senators and was like, stay, chill out. We could work something out. Mm-hmm. And then something happens. Mm-hmm. December 7th, <laughs> 1941 happens. Uh, well, before that, though. Oh, yeah, let's go before that. Yeah, before Zimmerman that. Telegraph. Hey, Mexico. <laughs> Could you do me a solid? No, let me. Go ahead. Girl. Girl. You up? (laughs) No, not you up. So the tea is scalding right now. Yeah. I got this plan. I need a favor. You're over there and I'm over here. What I need you to do is, I know you're still mad and salty about that whole Texas, California thing. If you promise that you'll go up there, if the United States tries to come over here, I will make personally sure you'll get all that stuff back. XOXO. The gall <laughs> of, of telling a bordered neighbor of the United States to try something. <laughs> Is brave. Nothing like it in the world. Just brave. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't do it, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall of how they were treating non-white Europeans. Yeah, that probably didn't help their fucking case. Yeah, because the best thing that they did is what they did, which is teacher yeah we got a bad letter we need to show you we don't know what to do with this yeah in the united states it's like oh hand it to me we got this we're gonna have a pta meeting yep. <laughs> and it's uh, probably something Italy, along the lines of france. oh no yeah. he didn't <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a we're gonna have a meeting in france italy <laughs> germany denmark sweden norway finland you up like it is like yeah. but like it's one of those kind of situations that like i look at the i look at the war of war two like the whole like at a contest i'm just like jesus christ what a fuck like what a fumble yeah this it's a is, cluster this is the pats <laughs> losing 70 to 20 like this is <laughs> it's that yeah you were riding high it didn't someone just stomped you to fucking death because you fumbled the goddamn ball i can imagine you know of one of those things you hear about like if you go somewhere in history mm-hmm. i would love to go to germany on december 8th 
1941 in the war room and Adolf Hitler being told that the Japanese had performed a sneak attack on the United States Western Front in the Pacific where the Germans do not have a hold. Russia is getting kind of pissed off and now my ally in the Pacific decided to jump the gun. Mm-hmm. As horrific as Pearl Harbor is. Yes. I don't think so. The cult, so Jap, Japan had cultural advisors. Do you know about this? Mm-mm. Cultural advisors who lived in the United States. Mm-hmm. Generals who mm-hmm. lived in the United States at one time. Mm-hmm. One was what lived in Atlanta and went back and said, hey, these guys are real gung ho about killing people. Like, it's weird. Their culture is all about that. They treat their own Americans like fellow Americans. They burn crosses in their yards and drag them out of their houses and murder them. They're really good at killing people, even their own. This general told Hirohito himself they don't give a fuck about human life. This was a cultural study of the United States done by the Japanese before World War II. Hmm. He's like, there is a divide, but if we, if they focus in on one, they'll get together mm-hmm. and put all of everything aside to murder that one thing. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrifying. He's like, this guy, this general, ended up becoming the general to fight the Marines on Iwo Jima. Whoa. He's the one that told him. He's like, the Marines, the United States military aren't people. There's something wrong with them. They beat it out of them. He's like, they beat humanity out of people. Because he described it seeing it in Atlanta. Because mm-hmm. he saw... Racism. Par- well, you know, he saw Paris Island in South Carolina. Oh. He saw the Marines being trained and how they're trained. And he's like... And think about this, you know... This, this comes into play. This is a big factor in Asia. Size of the American. Yeah. Is terrifying compared to the Korean or Japanese person. Mm-hmm. We still use that tactic today at North Korea yeah. on the border as a joke, just to fuck with them. Mm-hmm. They think we're cannibals in North Korea. Mm-hmm. They think we eat babies. When they send an emissary at the checkpoint, two guys are holding his jacket so we don't steal him and eat him. They believe that. Mm-hmm. They believe that their little guy, the little corporal that is, uh, is supposed to like go to the border at the little checkpoint unit, is being held. By the jacket, by two other guys. So the big American we send over there doesn't eat him in front of them. Hmm. Oh, and America does send somebody that tends to be over six foot two. <laughs> like, just as a joke. As a mean, cruel joke, they send a giant. To, like, someone my size or bigger. I mean, like, hey, shake my motherfucking hand. <laughs> like, they think we're devils. They think that we're white devils. Well, they're probably right, but, like... <laughs> demonstrative people. Well, yet again, but I mean, does, if we're going to talk about propaganda... To a point, it is. Yeah. And to a point, it's fucking true because the Marines, when they go to fucking Iwo Jima, they slaughter the fucking people. Yeah. Because they had to. These motherfuckers are fighting to tooth and man, like, to the bone. Yeah. And I kind of understand the propaganda. Like, I'm not saying the Japanese are right, but fuck, I understand. Yeah. You got a whole species of other humans coming across the ocean to murder us, not fight us, murder us. They're not going to stop either. Yeah. Because... They believe, just like we believe, because Japanese are done more horrific shit than anybody. 
Nazis are bad. Japanese imperialism is just as bad, in my opinion, worse with Unit 731. But that's that'll be during World War II series. Mm-hmm. But this guy went back and fought the Marines on Iwo Jima and said, we're going to fucking lose. Why would Why do you want to fight these people? And even the Japanese were just like, we did a... You know, the admirals were like, mm-hmm. we took down Pearl Harbor. They'll never come across that ocean. They're done. Mm-hmm. And what happened? That German guy, was, that Japanese guy was right. The United States overnight turned into a fucking factory that produced some of the scariest fucking weapons known to mankind mm-hmm. for the next 10 fucking years. Mm-hmm. And then, going back to science... Oppenheimer he's mm-hmm. like I got this idea we'll drop the sun on him twice well not just no he didn't say twice <laughs> he thought one would do it he actually thought the threat of one was enough because the science was out there because Heisenberg in Germany was invented and the Japanese were not quite fucking around with it because they didn't have the materials for it but they knew that it existed that the concept of creating a nuclear device or wartime would be horrific. Mm-hmm. An end of days kind of weapon. Yeah. And there's like, no one's dumb enough to make one of those. But the United States <laughs> is like, oh no, this this German feller says he can make one. Give him anything he wants. Let's build him a town and see what happens. And it's the most secretive fucking weapon experiment of all time. Area 51 scary, but Los Alamos, New Mexico. Yeah. That was the real fucking threat. And the science of creating a nuclear bomb is fucking terrifying. Yes. You're talking about splitting an atom. And like in scientific terms, the first to do it. And not just do it, but do it so fast and quickly that it gives off energy. Pure energy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we had to light a thousand tons of TNT first just to have something to go by. Mm-hmm. A megaton of TNT is how we we blew up just to say that oh we're gonna need this to quantify what an explosion is gonna be mm-hmm. and then the joke was hey what happens if we pop one off oh it's gonna turn into the sun for about two seconds and then we really don't know what happens after that or mm-hmm. or it lights the atmosphere on fire and kills everyone on Earth yeah okay <laughs> let it ride let it ride. Mm. And by the time it's done, VE day, VE day happens. Yep. But the Japanese are still there, and we spent all this money on this gun and this bullet. <laughs> we got to shoot it. Oh, well, yeah, Christy, of course. You don't, I don't <laughs> buy a gun and not shoot it. That's just wrong. <sighs> How many guns do you own that you've never shot? Never popped off around the front yard just for shits and giggles? Not here. <laughs> oh, I would. Keep the property value down. Keep my rent down. <laughs> but, but yeah, so all this stuff is happening. And then Pearl Harbor happens. Yeah. And oh my God, what a fucking liability. <sighs> no insurance adjuster in years could fucking calculate the amount of fuck up. This this is going to cost the Japanese military. Because, or the German military. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm with you. I would pay big money to have a GoPro. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> just like a glorious bastard. Him sweating because he's coming up, he's coming down. You know he is. Yeah, and like even you know the, they woke him up. What? But even even, Boss! even Boss! you know from December seventh 
1944 or some say it was 41 to 44 mm-hmm. the plant the land invasion of europe Ooh. is a f- coin flip <laughs> like yeah this might work out this might not but thank god he's all meth and his fucking his fucking timing is off oh yeah because he's coming down hitler was coming down the whole time d-day happens mm-hmm. yeah we talked about that one yeah <laughs> what a dumbass <laughs> And you think about the other ally, Mussolini, mm. who's just like, it's stuck in the middle with you, the song playing the whole time. It's like, Klaus, it'll let me joke us to the right. Here I am. And it's like, oh, you're fucked. And what did they do? They hung his ass in front of God and everybody. That's what happened to Mussolini. Mm-hmm. No pomp and circumstance of uh, surrender to the United States. No dying in a bunker somewhere yeah. like a bitch. What are your last words? <laughs> That was his last words. Gargling on his own fucking spit. <laughs> Been choked to death by a goddamn noose. Well, I mean, even at Nuremberg, they let him have their last words before they hung him. Night, night, night. That was always something stupid like Stay God made. Always something stupid like God made Germany great again. Or, or something. how Hitler, Amon Goth. That was his main. That was his, you know, how Hitler. Ray Fiennes, what a perfect Nazi. <laughs> but yeah. Kicking off after all that, World War II starts. Mm. The end all be all of that creates America. America doesn't exist without World War II. What a time to be alive <laughs> to look at this and what a podcast and joke about it. I wouldn't be a teacher if it wasn't for World War II. True. Um, you know, we learned about World War II very quickly. I will say that. I think the fourth grade is when I first learned about World War II. And occasionally that the History Channel always had something about the Nazis on television. Yes. Always. Mm-hmm. God, that was golden age of television. Now it's about gator hunting and aliens. Uh, <laughs> God, what a downfall. <laughs> but, folks, if, uh, we're going to end it right there. Continue to listen to us. We're going to d- keep going through World War II as she teaches it to the school, to her classroom. I got to teach it in 12 days. Oh, that's plenty of time. No, I got to teach World War II and the Holocaust in 12 days. That's plenty of time. Two days of World War II, the rest on the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to teach World War II, the Holocaust, Papaw's story, and to go through the USS North Carolina. Yeah. Easy. I already got it planned. Easy. I would have been like, hey, folks, uh, you know how all your petty squabbles and bullshit on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat? Imagine that on the world stage. <laughs> Except one of you's got a gun <laughs> with, two, with two bullets and a backup in his pocket. Like... <laughs> And you know the third one exists, and he just really wants to pop it off. But none of you knows who it is. (laughs) Yeah, but everybody just shuts the fuck up, and your assholes get tight. That's World War II. All right, let's talk about the Holocaust. (laughs) Done. Thanks, Mr. Morrison. It was fun. All right, pick your fucking desk up. Get out of here. (laughs) Christy, as always, it's always fun. Continue to listen to anything on the Something Good Network, all the shows, this fucking guy, show out just about every week with Mikey and Dante, the Something Good Network show with fucking alex uh check us out on triple c and uh let us know what you want to hear in the discord have a good one everybody you've been listening to the something good network if you liked what you heard you can follow us on instagram and check out the other great shows on the network link is in the episode description